Mm. Hello, my people, and welcome to the Pure Joy Project. Uh, my name is Paul Lanigan. I'm the host of this thing. Um, and if you took a look at the title, Starve in Water, that could be kind of vague. Like you have no idea what that necessarily means or where I'm going or um, what's happening. Uh, so let me give you a little backstory. Um, fix my headphones real quick in all humility. All right. Um, so I was texting my friend, uh, Noah and Noah, we were talking about like, just what are you learning right now? Like what's the Lord doing? And he said, um, I'm learning to, to starve the portions of my life that I don't want to grow, to starve the things in my life that I don't want to grow and to water the qualities and the things that do, excuse me. And that was just a really profound thought. Then just like the, the Lord, like instantly was like starving water. Um, and I sent it back to him in all caps. I just said like starving water, like I'm going to do a podcast about this. Uh, so I'm on a run this morning at the Waco Dam. Um, and I got on the phone with my friend, Steven, um, who's been on a podcast in the past called service. Um, and we were talking about like the idea of it, right. To starve the things in your life that you don't want to grow and to water the things that do. It makes a lot of sense. Um, because something does not die unless it is starved, um, like from something, right. It is either like, it's starved from its source of energy or it's starved from its opportunity to like continue functioning. So like any form of death happens because some part of it is starved from something that it needs, um, unconditionally. And then anything that flourishes or that grows or that shines, um, only, only flourishes, grows, shines when it is watered. Um, that can be done proverbially as like anything that like gives the nutrients needed, right? We cannot survive without water because like our body uses it like chemically so much in our, in like our system to survive. And so anything that grows in some way must be fed its nutrition in order to continue growing. So if we want something to grow, we must water it. We must tend to it. And if we want something to die, we need to starve it. We need to take away its source of energy, its source of life. Um, so I'm going to pray over this message real quick over all of this. Um, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And I hope that it somehow encourages you guys. Um, it is 3.54 p.m. Um, on Saturday, February 5th. And I don't know when this is reaching you. Um, this is 2022 right now. Um, and like what a cool message of like sanctification. So I'm going to pray. Uh, King Jesus... Uh, today, I ask that you show up, that you come in full, you descend in fire um, over this message, Jesus, that um, you bring the exact truths, the exact conclusions, um, the exact uh, illuminations of things in us, the listener and me um, and everybody in between that you need to, uh, Lord, for you to be glorified most, for us to be best used by your kingdom. Lord, you say in Second Timothy 2, um, that if we are cleansed from what is dishonorable, we can be a vessel for honorable use, ready and useful to the master, equipped for every good work. Um, Lord, so I ask that you help us to see the areas of our lives that we need to starve. Lord, I ask that you help us to see the areas in our lives that we need to grow. Um, God, and I ask that you take charge in doing those things. Lord, that you, um, Father, you are keeper of the vineyard. Um, and Jesus, you are the vine and we are the branches. Uh, so I pray, um, Lord, 
that that we abide in you as you and the Father, and there is our, is our fullest joy and our most fruit. And Father, I pray that you come into each of us and you prune the branches that do not bear fruit. You starve them from their source of life. You cut them off from their source in our lives. Um, Lord, and I, um, I ask that you just make us uh, perfect one moment at a time as we choose you, as we choose your disciplines, as we choose um, to follow what you say as if it is absolute truth because it is. Uh, Lord, so I pray that you do radical things over this, Lord, and I lift up all the issues, all the all the issues of mental health, uh, the issues of um, physical health, the issues of idolatry, um, Lord, and disappointment, God, frustration, all the things going on, and any listener that this touches, and myself, um, Lord, that you rid us of any anxiety, um, Lord, and that you show us that you are using it all, and that you waste no moments, and you waste no things. Um, God, you're good and you're faithful. Uh, we love you. We thank you. Ask that that be true in our hearts and also in our lives. Uh, amen. Okay, so I asked, um, we're going to start with the idea of watering. So watering the good qualities. Um, watering the things within us that that Christ wants to bring. Um, so I have, I'm going to go to this scripture first. Um, and I'll reference it again shortly after. Galatians 5. Um, a life-changing scripture for me when I needed, when I desperately as a sophomore in college, as a 19-year-old, needed patience um, for a situation that just wasn't honorable. But I was asking, uh, like the Lord like pushed me to ask uh, wise counsel in my life. So it was my my home pastor from my, my home church in Warrington, Missouri. Um, I asked him, how do I get this patience thing? And he sends me to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. So to look a little bit more into this passage, we'll start at verse 16. Um, and the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, wrote, um, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, if the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, um, things like these, I warn you as I warned you before, uh, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And to those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Um, I also confess that I left out something in the list of, of like works of the flesh, of sins. Um, I left out something that you can go look at and it's just a word that is touchy. Um, but I do not desire to change scripture. So I confess that. Um, so we see all of the qualities that we could desire. Um, and so I asked some, some young men, now these qualities that were read in the scripture, um, and that is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, these things, like, everybody seeks these things. They seek love above all else. They seek to be joyous. They seek to be at peace with the state of their life. They seek to be patient, involving the handlings of others as they would want others to do to them. They seek to be kind and good and faithful. This moral compass within us um, that the Lord has ingrained in us as we're born in His image, like, that, that is something that everybody bows to in some way unless they are just fully bowing to these sins of the flesh, um, that they just want these things. Even if they do not know the Lord, they do not walk with Jesus. They like still want these things. Like the, nobody would call them bad. Um, so I asked a group of young men um, that we all met together every Thursday morning before the sun um, last semester in Waco. And I, I asked them one morning that was like, what are the qualities of the people that have changed your life? Like if you think about the people who have been the most impactful and life-changing in your story, in your life, like tell me some qualities that they held. And the list that they compiled was humble, wise, sacrificial, consistent, joyous, intentional, sin-hating, genuine, prepared, delights in Jesus, prayerful, disciplined, content, teachable, mature, endurant, and patient. I added patient at the end. So these qualities, like we look at all these qualities, I mean, uh, like humility, wisdom, sacrifice, consistency, um, joyousness, intentionality, um, the hatred of sin, genuineness, preparation, um, delighting in Jesus, being prayerful, disciplined, content, teachable, mature, being able and willing to endure hardship and to be patient. Um, These are qualities that somehow the Lord used these to change the lives of these young men that sat before me, these like young, um, each one of them with their own successes and gifting and and just incredible young men that I got the pleasure of breaking bread with, Um, that the Lord had used these qualities in other people to, um, to like radically change their lives, to appeal to them in some way. And so if we embodied all of these qualities that we lifted, that, that I, that like were listed, would we not deeply bless every person we encountered? And would we also not ourselves be pure of heart in all of our interactions? Would we not have the assurance that's like, I, I only, like I sought to only work kindly in their lives. Like I sought to only bless them. Like that would, that would help us to leave pure of heart. I know if in my life I've regretted so many things, but I've never regretted putting somebody before myself that at any point if I have sought to serve rather than to be served, this talks about Jesus, Matthew 20, 26 to 28, that even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And those who seek to be first shall be last. And, um, like if you if we were to be a leader among people, we must first be their slave. And so, um, if we left every, if we truly focused on embodying these qualities and worshiping the Lord, therefore embodying these qualities out of an overflow of that worship for the Lord, mind you that that's the only way it happens with any genuineness. Would we not like bless everybody around us? And yes, we would be hated, we would be spurned, people would people would be frustrated, they would think that we're, you know, like self-righteous and too good to be true and they would they would hate us but jesus promises that in luke 6 22 or 22 and 23 yeah blessed are you and people hate you when they exclude you when they revile you and spurn your name as evil on account 
of me on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, I tell you, leap for joy, for your reward is great in heaven. So their fathers did so to the prophet. I would love to build a mansion in heaven, right? I would love to build a compound in heaven, caring only about embodying these qualities like Jesus did as he walked this earth and like our God instills in us by the Holy Spirit. I would love to embody these and and live these and therefore blessing all others and also allowing me to be pure of heart in all my interactions. If I were to leave the every interaction and be like, thank you, Jesus, like I got to bless them in your name regardless of what it meant to me. I wish I, I wanted that every day. Like I, I truly wish, Lord, I ask that you give that to us, that when you give us a desire to, to embody these qualities in your name for your glory and that be it. But I wish it was that easy, um, but it doesn't seem to be. Maybe the Lord answers that prayer. He descends and does that for us, I, I hope. Um, but it would be, it's like, it's like everything we want would be like all the, all the qualities that we want to embody, all the qualities that, that we want other people to show to us. Like if we were to simply focus on embodying those qualities, on watering those things in our lives and that fruit that Jesus desires to grow in those things in our lives and blessing others, we, we would live these incredibly fulfilling lives regardless of what we, how we sought to serve ourselves. And so I know that like there is such a portion of us, such a part of each of us that really, really wants to grow in these qualities. I mean, passionately like wants to embody all of these qualities, humility and wisdom and sacrifice, consistency and joy, intentionality, hating sin, running from sin, helping to set others free, genuineness, uh, to be prepared in all things, to delight in Jesus and have Jesus be enough by himself in our lives and his grace, to be people marked by prayer, marked by discipline, contentment, people that are teachable. That is my worst quality. And one that I'm continuing to be refined in so often is like, I'm just being challenged in my flesh because I don't want to listen to what other people have to say because I think I know better than them. And that is gross. And so if only we sought to water these qualities and, and let these grow while starving the qualities that do not honor the Lord and that leave us unfulfilled and, and wretched and twisted and frustrated. So I, I say like, how do we do it? Um, because everything we want is set before us by the Holy Spirit and the qualities he brings in us. So how do we actually embody these qualities and water them every single day? How do we nurture these qualities within us in order to become exactly who the Lord wants us to be, to bless others deeply in all of our interactions, and also to be pure of heart? Selfishly, I want to feel better. So would I not feel better after blessing everybody else above myself by the Holy Spirit? Then if I selfishly sought the qualities we're going to list later. And so how we do it to start is, I would say, scripture. Uh, the disciplines. So the disciplines that the Lord tells us so clearly to do. He literally gives us a guidebook. Galatians 5, he tells us the fruit. John 15, he tells us to abide in him and he will bear that fruit in us and in our lives. And he says in, in, in each of these disciplines, like they have value. Like blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. Like Psalm 1-1 and Psalm 1, like he will be a, like, a, like Jeremiah 17 and Psalm 1, he will be a, like a, a tree planted by the stream, by running water, like never failing to bear fruit because he delights in this, in this law. 
And so Romans 15.4 goes right along with it. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, that by enduring things in this life and by being encouraged by the scriptures that we study and tuck in our hearts, Psalm 119.11, I stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So by the endurance of, of facing things and growing in our patience and our testimony and in our understanding of the Lord's will, of what he wants to do with us and how he's going to use everything, even if it deeply frustrates us and disappoints us, that through that endurance and then through encouragement of the scriptures, through studying, meditating on, dwelling on the scriptures, the Lord's perfect word that was written for our instruction, that for, for our hope, so that he could leave us with a perfect, adequate guidebook. This Holy Spirit, that, or this, this Holy Spirit-inspired book, that is Hebrews 4.12, sharper than a double-edged sword, to cut through bone and marrow deeply within us to make changes, to make changes, to become more like these qualities that will set us free. And then along with that, this 2 Timothy 3.16, Word of God, that is breathed by God, profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, training, and righteousness. Like all things, this scripture is adequate to feed us all things that we need, to give us all the food that we need to grow in these qualities within us. It feeds these qualities within us. And along with that, I have five scriptures to talk about prayer. And so I'll go to Acts 1, um, 6 to 8 and 14. Um, hmm. So when they came together, this is the beginning of the, the church, like the big C church of Jesus. Jesus is leaving um, and leaving the church in the hands of his people. Um, he and says, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and all Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus says, you don't get to know the timing or what my father has planned and when but you will receive power by the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses to the end of the earth. He follow, and, and it follows in 14, in verse 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. All of these people praying in community over these qualities, over these things that Jesus just said. And so they were in, this is where the upper room comes from because it lists the, the people that were in there. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, uh, Simon, and, and Judas. And um, with the women as well, all of them praying um, individually as a unit, but individually, all of them praying for these things um, to take this gospel to the ends of the earth and embody the qualities of the Holy Spirit that Jesus says will give them power when it's come upon them. So we get the chance to have that Holy Spirit, right? That Holy Spirit as our, as our seal of approval as we confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart he was raised from the dead. We get that power. That's Romans 10, 9. Um, we get this power by the Holy Spirit to take his gospel to the ends of the earth and embody all of the qualities of the Spirit that set us free and deeply bless others. So I'll go to Matthew 7, 7 through 11. 
Um, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts or give good things to those who ask him? And so, again, we see like, like we, we worldify Jesus um, we worldify the Lord and we say like that he can only give us this. He can only gift us this thing that I've put in my own head um, or else he's not good. And Jesus says like, you think you know how to give good gifts as human beings. And he calls us evil because in our flesh we are evil, bearing all the fruit of sin. But like in the spirit, the spirit of power we read about in Acts 1, we then receive the gifts from the Lord to give good things to those who ask of him. So we ought to inquire with him in prayer. So that's two scriptures about prayer. I go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good. This is through um, verse 22. Test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Test all the qualities and everything that you see and everything before you to see if it is of God and it is good and it is worth dwelling on. And in this, rejoice always, finding joy in all the gifts, the gifts on top of a grace we already don't deserve. Pray without ceasing, no breaks, never ceasing, to live a life marked by a constant prayerfulness. The enemy is really good at distracting us from prayer and from scripture from the disciplines that we are supposed to be a part of. He's so good at distracting us because we get to the end of the day and we're like, oh man, like I haven't talked to him. I didn't read his word. I didn't do anything involving him. And it's like, well, <laughs> the only things that matter, the eternal things that matter is, is like our savior and the souls that he possesses. So it's like, why did I not invest in those? I don't know. So like, let's find a way to remind ourselves. Uh, I also have Psalm sixty six seventeen and first John one. Um, Psalm 66, 17, I cried to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. Praising him all the days. He asked us to, to praise him. We are created, literally we were created for his glory. I think it's Isaiah 43, 7. My people whom I created for my glory. And then 1 John 1, uh, go to 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Go to verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So we confess our sins to the Lord in prayer and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The things that we want to starve, he helps us to starve. The things we want to water, he helps us to water. And we just have to ask him. That's five scriptures about prayer that we are to inquire, we are to repent, we are to lament, we are to praise and bless others in our prayer constantly and ask him to grow these qualities in us we are told to ask in faith james 1 for these gifts and he gives these spiritual gifts that help us to bless others and we're supposed to ask for these things and if they align with his will then we receive it and so we just need to be honest with him we need to come before him with everything every frustration every question every doubt but also every praise every thank you every blessing to just bring all things to his feet. And so he tells us to do these disciplines all over in his scripture. To read his, to read his scripture, 
to give it our life, to study it daily, to give it time, to dwell on it, to hide it in our hearts. That is the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6.17, that we play defense with and go on offense with for the sake of others and for ourselves, for the Lord above all else. Like, So he tells us to sit in his scripture, to inquire with him constantly in prayer, and then to not neglect in meeting together, Hebrews 10. So I have 1 Peter 3.8 involving community. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Tender, humble, sympathetic, loving, unified. Acts 4.32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common, willing to give all that you have to all those around you. And if everybody sought to do this, would we not become a beautiful unit in the name of Jesus? And then I have um, 1 Peter 4.10, one of my favorites. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as a good steward of God's varied grace. And so he gives us these simple disciplines along with the list of all the things that we are meant to embody, that we are created to embody our full life, our fullest life in full obedience and, and, and submission to Jesus, to the Lord, to be 0% our flesh and the qualities we're about to list, to be 100% in the Lord. And he gives us the keys to becoming that. The keys being to dwell on his scripture, to inquire with him constantly in prayer, and to meet with others to do the same. And so that's how we water the qualities we want to be. And if we are to embody these qualities, would we not be the best spouses, parents, teammates, students, followers, leaders, friends, ministers, you name it, that we could be? Not only would we deeply bless everybody we encountered as we water these qualities within us, Not only would we be deeply fulfilled on a soul level in what we're doing and our interactions with other souls, but we would be the best possible versions of ourselves, living in sacrifice to others, in submission to Jesus and in sacrifice to others. So water these qualities. Feed these qualities. In scripture, in prayer, in community, feed these qualities. They are worth investing in in your own hearts and lives. I'm going to try to do the same. Let's do it. I cannot charge you without taking the, the challenge myself because I am just as sinful and wrong as anybody that could have clicked on this. And so we all need to focus on watering the beautiful qualities as the Lord is the keeper of the vineyard and he wants to, to bear great fruit in us in unity with others and time in his word and in prayer with him to deeply bless all around us, to deeply fulfill us in all that we do and to make us more like him. So now we're going to talk about starving, the qualities. Now that we know how to water the things that are good, how do we kill the things that are wrong within us? So I think about the qualities undesirable, right? If we were to kind of give antonyms to a lot of the the qualities we listed, we'd have frantic, distracted, manipulative, prideful, comparative, envious, frustrated, worrisome, These are qualities that nobody wants, but we all carry. Why, if we don't want to embody any of these qualities, do we carry them? Well, in some way, not to mention a fallen world, burdened by sin, where we need Jesus to live free in it. So not to mention this, not not to only mention this fallen world that we live in, 
but somehow these qualities are kept alive by our own actions and our own feeding of them. Because if we did not feed them or nourish them at all and we inquired with the Lord to get rid of them, they would be gone if we stopped feeding them. So what are we going to do? I have Titus 3, 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So I'm trying to think of um, fruit of righteousness. It's Paul wrote about it um, by the Holy Spirit. And I am trying to think of where it's at in Paul's writings. Um, And fruit of righteousness and the fruit of sin. He talks about how you can, um, like, you kind of choose one. He's like, you could either, like, you could either be this, like, flourishing fruit of righteous, or this flourishing tree of righteous fruit, or you could be, like, you could bear the sins of the world. As in, like, you could just become marked by sin and burdened. Um, You could live in constant inadequacy, a chronic inadequacy, absent Jesus. And so you choose your fruit, and you choose your fight. I mean, either way, there's going to be a battle that you get to fight. And you could either battle to water the qualities of Jesus within you to therefore live free and full for the rest of your life. Or you can battle all of the thoughts and frustrations and manipulations that the enemy is going to put in your head involving the opinions of others, involving your status and your belonging. And so you get to choose a fight. And you get to choose the fruit you bear. You can either bear this fruit of this fruit of righteousness, or you can bear the fruit of sin. It's it's up to us, frankly. I think it's in Colossians. I I'm sorry that I don't know. Um, I'll do better. But to think about, like, we were told in this scripture, Titus three three through seven, like they literally lived defined by their sin, and Jesus saved them, not by anything that they did pursuing any kind of righteousness on their own, but according to Jesus's mercy, God's mercy through Jesus and the washing regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, the advocate that comes to make us new, poured out richly on them through Jesus Christ. And so justified by grace, we become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So it is simply by grace that we grow and water the qualities that we desire. And it is by grace that we starve and therefore put to death the qualities we don't desire. So anything that we are doing that is gratifying any type of frantic nature, any type of prideful, selfish, distracted, manipulative, envious, frustrated, worrisome, comparative nature, anything that that we do that honors that, just for a moment, we keep it alive. So I'm going to inquire with the Lord on our behalf and ask that you keep doing the same as I will attempt to to, to only be people who bear the fruit of righteousness. Jesus, thank you 
Thank you that you're good and you love us. Thank you that you came and you richly poured out your Holy Spirit on us by living a perfect life, dying a death we could never die to save us, each of us individually, so that we could become heirs to the hope of eternal life. Lord, I pray that we live defined by that. We live as heirs. Jesus, I pray in your name over every aspect of whoever is listening to this and myself that departs from you, this fruit of sin, this fruit of the world that is that is gross and leaves us feeling um, inadequate and leaves us feeling um, frustrated and leaves us feeling um, empty and hopeless and leaves us um, uh, regretful, shame, shame-filled. I mean, all these things. Lord, I pray in your name, Jesus, that you illuminate every quality within us that is negative. You prune the branches that do not bear fruit in us. Jesus, and I pray in your name that you come and you show your worthiness of doing the disciplines for. As you paid this price for us to set us free forever, that we, that we do the simple tasks regardless of how inconvenient it seems and how we feel in doing it, we do the simple tasks of reading your word, praying earnestly, and meeting together in community. And in these things, we do them out of a heart that is for you and your glory. We do them out of a heart that is real and genuine and beautiful and loving. Um, we, do these, we do these things for the sake of becoming more like you, not the sake of lifting our own name. Lord, I pray against the pride within us as pride is the fruit that all of these things that we need to starve come from. I pray that you make us humble, that we can experience you, that you shed us of all of these things that hinder us from knowing you and blessing others and sharing you with others to the ends of the earth that you call us to and you called your church to long ago in Acts 1 and you call us to in Matthew 28 constantly. Um, Lord, so I just pray that we are people who water these, these positive things. We water the fruit of the Spirit. We water the tree that bears this fruit. Lord, and I pray that we are people who starve the qualities of this earth, the qualities of the flesh. God, I pray that you do way more. You do exceedingly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine as you call us to in Ephesians 3.20. Lord, that we trust you and that we constantly inquire with you to make us more like you, that it's worth it. That this humility in order to experience you, that being shed however it has to happen, of this negative fruit, to go forth and bear this positive, beautiful fruit, that you do it. Jesus, that you do it. Uh, Holy Spirit, go before all of us and all of our interactions and all of our studies and all of our conversations and all of our prayer. Um, Intercede on our behalf and just claw to make us more like you, whatever it takes. Jesus, we want that. We want to be a beautiful vineyard marked by fruit of righteousness. Lord, shed from anything that does not bear fruit, prune from it. Do so in your name for your glory. God, you are good and you are faithful. Um, Help us to know you better, love you more, seek you always. Um, amen. Come on. Um, I, I don't know where that finds you. It found me convicted and frustrated that I still water these qualities within myself so often because the world is just one big pride-filled distraction that, that tries to fool us into thinking that it's worth something, but the only thing in it worth something is the souls of the people on this earth. And so we inquire with our Savior in order to encounter him and share him with others to save these souls and that's all that matters therefore in doing so he blesses us he fulfills us he gives us mission he gives us purpose and we get to do things far better and greater than we could ever imagine 
And the more righteous we become, the more we take upon a Christ-like humility in order to just abide, the more that he can bear fruit of righteousness in our lives. And the more that we starve these qualities that hinder us, the more filled, the more, the more, I mean, consistent and, and filled uh, we will be with these things that we really desire, inherently desire. So choose your fight, choose your fruit. Pick it up every day, that being your cross. Let's do this, man. I love it. I love it. You guys matter. So long.